Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. We are in week six. I am Alexis Cubitt, the high school sports writer at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. And as always, I'm joined by Ryan King, sports director at KLBK. Ryan, we're in full action now. We have big schools for the most part starting. Um, small schools are halfway through the season. It's it's fun, but a lot to digest. What What's kind of your, your thoughts on going into week six? Uh, week six slash week two is great because we have all the four A's down to one A's, you know, in the, I mean, the meat of their season. I mean, at this point, most teams are going to know who you are at this point. You're sitting at five and zero. You're sitting at one and four. A lot of teams, you figured out a lot of things now, good or bad. And then you have the big schools who, who knows how much you can take from week one. And then you have Monterey who we'll get into. They didn't even play of all of our teams in our area. They're still waiting on September. They're not playing until October. Um, But it really is an interesting time that I, I don't, I don't like it as much right now, but I think it's going to be really interesting in about five weeks, five to six weeks, when 4A down to 1A is all playoffs. Getting in the playoffs, those first couple rounds of those playoffs that are always crazy, while the big school and TAPS, TAPS will also right. be in the playoffs at that time. And then all of our 5A and friendship will be, you know, those last four weeks where you're jockeying for playoff positioning. Like that month or so, which should be, I'm. I'm guessing about November, maybe second right. week of November to first week of December, something like that, is going to be crazy. I mean, that that schedule for those, like, four weeks is going to be so fun. Right now, it's not as fun, but it is still interesting just to have some teams that we know so much about, like take Roosevelt mm-hmm. and compare them to, um, like, a Coronado. And it's, it's yeah. just, you know, so it was a great one win, but it, it is one game versus Roosevelt has now given up seven points in <laughs> – uh, five, games. five games, you know, so uh, it's, it's, it's a very fun time right now. And just um, excited for honestly, another great week that a lot of teams are on by, but the ones that there, it feels like there's more in town this week where a lot of our teams went out of town last week. So mm-hmm. it'll be really interesting um, to see how everyone, everyone's matching up this week. Yeah. And speaking of, I mean, I was out at the, the friendship Coronado game, which, um, Thought would be a little more evenly matched, end up being 42-14. Um, friendship scored in the second and fourth quarters. Coronado scored in every quarter. Um, and it was just, I mean, you you kind of see where, obviously, Sawyer Robertson was Sawyer Robertson there at quarterback and, and threw for 406 yards and, you know, passed for four and ran for another one, which, I mean, I know they talk about, you know, oh, they know he can run and they know he's athletic, but I think now you're really starting to kind of see him come into his own in those areas, especially getting ready to, to go off to Mississippi State next year. Um, but just a, a good win. And I think one of the things that I don't want to overlook is that, um, yes, we know the offense is going to be crazy. And also, mind you, they were without Corey Ferreira. He mm-hmm. play, um, still working out an injury situation. But, I mean, Sawyer's not short of, of targets but the other thing I want to draw attention to is just that defense. Charlie Robinson had, I think, like 10 or 12 tackles. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was dominating. I um, mean, you look at – I mean, yes, Friendship's offense is still kind of working through some things, 
I think Chad Ferris had a very um, typical debut at quarterback, especially when it's not like um, I don't believe he really played behind Donovan last year. So these are his like legit first varsity snaps. Um, I actually was really um, impressed by his running skills. Um, I think passing will come with time, um, but Will Bayuth obviously there as well. Um, and Friendship's defense isn't exactly cupcake. You know, they have a ton of experience there. So for Coronado to do what they did, um, it was just a really good game. And I think it, it definitely was uh, was was the booster or that reassurance that Coronado needed just with that that uh that senior class coming in this year. Friendship. I'll, I'll start with them. Uh, really like Bayouth. I do think he's a good running back. I thought that headed into the year, and he he did play well. And I think there's a I think there's a lot you can take away from this as far as like negatively. Like you can look at friendship and. I'm not saying you are, but I feel like people can look at that score and be like, oh, well, you know, they're going to be down again. But this Coronado team, it is very senior heavy. There's a right. lot of seniors on the team. The starting quarterback is going to Mississippi State right. and could and could get an even bigger program if he really wanted to. Um, but now he has Mike Leach that fits him, but that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> and I, I, linebacker I, is an SMU commit. That's, yes, and they have an SMU player in the linebacking I mean, it's – this Coronado squad could truly be special. I think the team that when I first got here, 2017, I got here uh, actually three years ago uh, yesterday. Uh, and anniversary. Thank you. Um, and that Coronado squad ended up going to, I believe, the state quarters. And it's like I believe it was the, the final eight. And they yeah. lost to Denton Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, very good squad. And it was not surprising. Now, I was new, but it was like this Coronado team, like you could see it. Like every team they were going against, like they should win. Like they, they are the better team. This team is built differently. There's not one Blair Conride out there. It's built a little differently, but it feels deeper. Mm-hmm. It feels more talented or as talented as any, as any they've had since I've been here. Yeah. Sawyer Robertson looked like the guy we expected him and he really honestly needs to look like for mm-hmm. this Mustang team to take a step. Uh, in his senior season. So I don't think at the same time, I do not think this is a bad look on friendship. Yes, it should have been more competitive, but I do truly think this could be a very, a very special Coronado team, but also to put a beating like that on a friendship defense that it is good. Their two best tacklers are back. Like this is a, this is not a bad friendship team. No, I I do not think they're as good as last year, but they are not a, exactly. They're not a bad team. Right. So, when I look at this game, I think friendship should not be as discouraged as it, it could seem. Now, Coronado, um, you don't want to get too high on yourself too early, but sure. um, assuming they are not listening to this, I, I truly think they could be a really special team, uh, as, as we have seen in Lubbock ISD uh, over these four seasons that I've been here. And I was just very impressed with – they were – here's the way I can put it. I was impressed, but they were what I expected them to be. Now, we sometimes in the media have okay. certain expectations that don't you know, get met, and that's not fair. Right. But I expected Sawyer's going to look like a stud. The wide receivers are going to help him out with all of the senior leadership. Like, the, And it's exactly what we saw. Yeah. I mean, in friendship, for the most part, I mean, you can really make it out. They were almost pitching a shutout. I know they gave up 14. But when the, when the touchdowns were scored for friendship, mm-hmm. I, I truly feel like if Coronado stays locked in the entire 60 minutes, they maybe give up seven. You could maybe see a shutout. Like, that yeah. Coronado team, I think they were dialed in. It was a rivalry game. It is only one game. But, man, they look like a legitimate, another 
um, you know, regional final state quarters, that type of team once again. I really like the dynamic of the wide receivers because you have Trevor Stevens who, I mean, towers, you know, he's a tall kid. So he's easily just throw up and get it. But then you also have an Eli Martinez who's not exactly very tall, but just really elusive and quick. You know, there are a lot of times where he just catch and, you know, you kind of look and think he'd get tackled and he's still running. Um, and I, I, really, I think he's a very underrated player. I said that last year. I think Eli's yeah. a very – no one really talks about him, but he's a legitimately good player. Yeah, no, definitely. And I really like the, the other aspect they added um, with Antoine Malone there at running back. I think that was a big part of what was missing last year in yeah. his offense was they didn't have that other option um, at running back. But it looked like at least from – now, again, like you said, we don't want to get too high. It is one game, but there's still things you can take from it. And I think Antonio Malone um, really proved that he could be a threat at the running position. So it takes a little bit off of Sawyer to where teams aren't always keying in on the air raid, even though that obviously is their type of offense or style of offense. But they have that that option there um, in this running back group with Antonio Malone and even with Sawyer running um, as another dimension to their offense that I think – makes it even more difficult. Um, now, yes, friendship's defense is good, but I don't think when you look at non-district, you know, with the exception of maybe Ryder, what they have this week against Cooper's defense, that's going to be another beast. That, that is t- – I mean, it, it's very similar to Estacado where friendship, I'm curious what they'll look like if, if things start to snowball on them a little bit. But – you had to look at this schedule just like Estacado did and realize, like, this. these are tough teams. Like, you know, I, I don't know if they do point spreads. I, I know I hear Parr talk about that at the lunch, you know, whatnot. Yeah. I don't know if that's, is that real? So I saw Shallow Water posted on their Twitter something like that. So I'm guessing there is someone, maybe uh, Padilla does it. Um, okay. Not quite sure. But, yeah, there are high school point spreads. So when they do that, I'm like – he, first of all, he can play the underdog all he wants. Coronado was the favorite in that game. Uh, you know, it's, oh, absolutely. I know Coach Parr likes to play the underdog role, as everyone does, but friendship, we thought, would probably be outmatched in that game. I mean, mm-hmm. You know what I would have loved to have seen, honestly? This is just all of their tangent. I would have loved to have seen last year's friendship squad and this year's Coronado squad. That would be so fun. I would take last year's offense for friendship. I think their defense is better this year. Yeah, so I'm saying if last year's team matched up with this year's team, from those two, I'd probably take Coronado this year, but, man, that would be – because Donovan Smith himself is so tough to handle. He's worth four to five more touchdowns, you know. I think that would have been fun to watch Sawyer and Donovan. like. Yes, both the seniors. But, anyway, I digress. I did also want to point out about um, uh, Sawyer – talking to Coach Parr this summer, he mentioned how he's like, you know, people don't realize how good of an athlete Sawyer is. He could play safety for us. He could play wide receiver if, you know, he wasn't such a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think on this, he had that uh, rushing touchdown. I think he really showed something there that he probably has been working on that. I think um, he has kind of shown what, what an athlete he is and how now that he's a senior, he can put those games on his back. Like, okay, I'm going to go win this game. I'm going to go score on this drive. And friendship – they should not be too discouraged. How many more Sawyer Robertsons are they going to see? No, not that'll many. be the best. I'd be willing to put a few pennies on the fact that that'll probably be the best quarterback they see during the regular season. I, I think that's a safe bet, yes. 
I think it's a safe bet. And they're still learning. You mentioned it. They are still a team that's yeah. learning. I mean, Coach Northcutt says this is probably the best all-around team he's had. That might be true, but they're still replacing a lot. Talent's yeah, one sure. thing. They have to learn how to play, especially at a 6A level. Like right. it's And Coronado, they're a tough – they're a high 5A, you know, this year. So, like, mm-hmm. it's going to be a steep learning curve. Uh, and I'm just afraid that Friendship's ultimate – record will not reflect the type of team they are because it's going to be tough. Like getting some of these wins is going to be really tough. Yeah. Well, they go on and they'll play Burleson Centennial who beat Burleson high last week, 38 to 34. And they'll play that game in Sweetwater. Um, And then when you look at the schedule after that, uh, let's see here. They'll have, Oh, the Cooper game. That's going to be interesting. Mm. And then they get started with Midland high in, in conference. So, um, I would say it'd be a safe bet. For, I, I'll go ahead and give them a win this week and say they go into um, conference one and two, although that Cooper game should be really interesting because, as we'll talk about, Cooper's still working through some things offensively themselves. Um, mm-hmm. They beat uh, – was that Andrew or no? Caprock. Caprock, that's right. 18-0 to zero, um, with two safeties from Ryan Fife, so – Obviously, still some things they're working on there. I will talk to Coach Chip Darden in the next segment, so stay tuned for that. Um, but, yeah, so back-to-back weeks, we're moving to Cooper. They'll play Coronado this week, and then following that up with a big game at, against Friendship at the Jones, which I think will generate a lot of buzz. Um, but, yeah, when you think about that, that Cooper team, you know, what are, you kinda, what are your thoughts on, on that win? Man, first of all, brutal start to the schedule, at least we thought, you know, for Coronado there, getting Friendship and Cooper right off the bat. Uh, if they can go 2-0 and there, my goodness. Um, Cooper is honestly not trying to, like – because, like, they are exactly what I thought they would be, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Defense is dominant. We thought that would probably be the case. You have Jordan back. You have Kobe back. They're going to be dominant all season. They're not going to shut everyone out, but they are going to have a shot in every game because of that defense. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem about the offense. Their passing attack has never been dynamic. It is good. It is not dynamic. Marcin Kowski at tight end, do love him. He is a, he is a great athlete. Uh, he's going to play college ball somewhere. That guy, is a, that guy is a good player. But here's the problem. Knew the, do- the offense would be great. The passing game is not going to take some major leap from last year. Might get a little better, but it's not going to take a major leap. They lost two D1 running backs, one of them being Isaiah Johnson, who's already contributing at North Texas. And, of course, Nehemiah was the dynamic guy of that offense. You don't just replace guys like that. You right. do not replace a tandem like Nehemiah Martinez and Isaiah Johnson in one offseason. So coming into this game, what the problem was, was there was no big-time threat of rushing the football. Right. Caprock was not afraid of a dynamic guy coming out of the backfield or a big bruiser that's going to hit through the line. So because of that, the Caprock defense could get more in covers. They, they, they didn't allow those wide open passes that Cooper probably does need at least some, you know, some space. Now it is only week one. So they are still, you know, they're learning, but it just, I feel like the reason they will not be as good this year is their defense is no doubt better, at least as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. The quarterback Cooper is now a year older they have a great tight end, like I mentioned. They have a lot of pieces, but without the rushing threat that they had last year, the play action was wide open. They had running backs that if you didn't play action, you just gave it to them, could break off 70-yard touchdowns every time they had the ball. Mm-hmm. So 
I am not discouraged by what I've seen by Cooper. It's just exactly what I thought I would see. A great Thanks. defense with an, with an offense that is still learning, that an offense that, frankly, is going to be learning all season long. I, I truly think this offense will be learning all season. And they are going to need most games that I, – I mean, you're going you're gonna to argue the Cooper defense is going to have to hold most opponents to, I'd say, 24 to 21 or less if Cooper wants to win. Cooper's not winning many games this year, and we'll see. Maybe the offense can can come out, but in my opinion, what I've seen, what I thought we would see, Cooper's not going to be winning those games 48-45 this year. I don't think that's how they're built. They're going to need to force turnovers. They're going to need to stop people, and they're going to need to get in the backfield. And if they do that, they have a, they have a great chance of winning and going deep in the playoffs again. Um, but they really got to focus on that rushing attack. They have to get some sort of running game going. Yeah, and that'll be the tricky thing because I think they had guys that were – you know, coming in and giving, you know, Isaiah, Nehemiah, uh, Jacob, Tyler, those breaks, but they didn't exactly get the same kind of reps as, you know, if they would have been up 40 to zero at halftime and, and kind of rested those guys. So it, it is a learning curve. Um, I think that now it's going to be a lot more depending on Cooper LeFaber because of how much they lost and just kind of um, depending on him a little more. So that's where that leadership role kind of takes in, in part. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Coach Starden talked about the offensive line, and that's great, but you still have guys that are getting acclimated and have to adjust to that. Um, I think it'll be a huge test against the Coronado defense that we just talked about earlier, um, especially in, in working through those things, because if you can get through some, some tough defenses early, I think that'll be key, especially when you have Wichita Falls rider looming. We talked about friendship defense. That'll be who they face next week. Um, so I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of the early Cooper games are going to be defensive battles, and they're going to have to depend on defense to make those plays, to stay, um, you know, conditioned and, and be ready to be on the field for a while because they're yeah. still working through some things. I will say, as, as weird as it sounds, getting two safeties to me is one of the more encouraging things of the game because it's showing – That's pretty cool. They can both make plays mm – -hmm. And two, you have to get pressure on the quarterback. I mean, especially this week, you want to preview that matchup. You have Sawyer Robertson coming. You better get some pressure on the – if they don't get pressure on the quarterback, they have no chance of winning this game. Like, I'll just put that yeah, out there. Sure. If he well, has all the time he wants, they're going to – I mean, Coronado scoring at least 28, 35 points. So, you know, it's you're, you have to get to them. So, it's that, – that to me is the most encouraging thing is you have to be able to get to the quarterback, which I do believe Cooper can do. Mm -hmm. um, but there is going to be a time you're going to need to score like – you will not win every game 17 to 10 and 18 to zero. Like that's just not going to happen. Right. I, I, I think early on it could just, it's funny how when I first saw the schedule, my first thought was, man, Coronado, you have friendship and Cooper. Cause if you think about last year's friendship and Cooper teams, mm -hmm. they're probably not winning either of those games with last year's Coronado squad. No. Well, now you're looking like, well, Coronado's probably the favorite in both of these games. Like that's, that's just crazy how stuff can change from one year to the next. Um, but I, I, I would like – let me put it this way. I would like Cooper's chances better if this was a late season game. If the weather's colder, if it's a more defensive battle, right now it's going to be – what, this this Friday it's going to be 80 degrees, 78, whatever it's going to be. Texas um, doesn't know it's October yet. It's exactly. Weather Weather's going to be fine. Uh, Coronado looks like they're in midseason form after one game. So, mm -hmm. Cooper, they're going to have to grow from that first game very quickly. Yeah. Um, if they want, if they want to pull off that upset, no, yeah, for sure. And you mentioned just the the offense that 
Cooper's going to go against against Coronado, we can't overlook Cooper's secondary either because they've got some guys back with, you know, Carter Bradley and Rylan Wilcox and, and Jordan Kirkpatrick. So, you know, that'll be a good matchup if they can get Corey Ferreira back. I think that'll be key. Um, but also with having, you know, Eli and, and Trevor um, and Will Boyles, I think he had two catches last week. Um, so that'll definitely be one that I will be at that game, and it'll be really fun to to watch and see how that plays out. Uh, but going up the street, right across the street to to Monterey, um, that that really, for lack of a better word, sucked. I felt really bad um, that they had to cancel their game or have their game canceled. Rather, Odessa High had a positive COVID nineteen test. I think what made it worse was that it wasn't you know that Wednesday or Thursday. It was literally less than twelve hours before they were supposed to to play, you know. Eight hours before, right? It wasn't like 11 a.m.? Yeah. So it was about 11.45, I believe, when Coach Hutch said he got the call from Odessa High. They did their – I mean, they did everything right. Um, and they did what they felt was right in canceling the game. Um, I'm sure they went back and did some contact tracing, I believe, is what I was told. Um, so it wasn't just the case. It was they had to figure out where it came from and all that kind of stuff. Um which I get. I just wonder how they test. Like, is it Friday mornings? Is it Thursday evenings? Like, how did it come down to, you know, that game day? But in any event, I think that Coach Hutch and Monterey handles it well. Um, he said they were going to have a, a team meeting and kind of go over things, and it really wasn't necessary to practice because that would have just added insult to injury, which I totally get because, I mean – in a lot of kids' minds, let's just be honest, a lot of them are probably thinking, well, why are we practicing? What's the, what's the use if we're not even going to play a game? Yep. Um, so I definitely think it, it was good. I don't know the contents of the conversation, nor is that my business, but um, I'm just based on getting to know Hutch over the past, I guess this is my second season, um, I do think he probably just kind of had a pow- powwow with the guys. Um, I think he has a good relationship with them, so they were able to talk and kind of work through some things but getting ready for Abilene Wiley this week and, and Keyshawn Harris, I'm guessing, who was supposed to get the start last week, will get the start this week. That's the, there's so many X's and O's I feel like you can talk about in this game. Monterey, we've, been, we, we've talked about that team, the strengths of that team. But I, I agree with you to a certain I, – I feel like the biggest, the biggest hurdle at this point is making the guys stay locked in because mm-hmm. it, it's one thing if you got week four canceled or week six or you know something – your very first game, I could see guys starting to not check out, but like, okay, well, we're just going to get disappointed again. Like, who knows if we're ever going to play? You know, it's right. And all of a sudden, Wiley comes in and they're they're ready to go. You know, it's and they they've had a game to play. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. Monterey has not played yet, so they're going to have those yeah. first game. I don't even know if they'll be jitters, but at least first game rust. You know, rust that everyone else has at least chipped away at a little bit. So. That's why I'm really curious to see if Monterey comes out just firing because they're ready to play. And, like, man, we everyone else has got to play in this area. We're the only team. We need to go make our presence felt. Or if it's going to look like, yeah, they're the last team to start playing. That That's the number one thing I, I'm curious to see. And I know Hutch, when we talk to him, he will not you – know, all he's going to say is, oh, you know, we're ready to go. They've been waiting. Like, sure. But it, we'll just see what what actually happens on the field. I'm very, I'm very interested to see what, who actually shows up out there and – how the, how the kids are feeling. And you talk about uncharted territory. I mean, this whole season obviously is going to be, but then you look at the fact that this has to be the first time in school history where Monterey has not played football in August or September. 
It, I, I don't know, but I would imagine yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of one of those things. Um, but, you know, you never know what can happen. You hope that the guys use this to to motivate themselves. Um, it's obviously, like we said, not an easy situation. Um, but I think they have a lot of good things coming in. They'll play Abilene Wiley actually got their first win, 28-7 to over Brownwood. Um, so they're coming in with the win. Yeah. I think the good thing is that at least they're at home. So you do have yeah. that kind of home advantage, whereas last week they would have started the season on the road. Yep, yep. So there's that. Um, on another note, Lubbock High gets a big win, 48-12 to 12 over Big Spring. That would be the first season opening win in the Shane Stephen era. First time they've gotten a win since 2017 and the biggest win margin since 2003 when Lubbock High beat Caprock 42-0. to zero. So definitely a, a good way to start the season for the Westerners. I learned that from you, the 42 to zero. Uh, I actually learned that from you on Twitter about the biggest win they had. I, I was not going to do the research there, so I'll credit to you on that <laughs> one. But it is funny that I want to take us back a year where this team is not too crazy different talent-wise. They've lost a couple guys from last year, but they're a lot of it's the same team, but it feels like they're a lot different culture-wise. Coach Steven last year said, I, you know, I was, I've been here for a year. We're trying to turn the culture around. Mm-hmm. but people always say it takes – it's usually that third season you see it. It's never the first season. The second right. one's tough to learn from just one. And so this year was really going to be, the, okay, are his teachings sinking in? Because we're going to see it early in this year if it is or not. Mm-hmm. And last year went out and did a feature uh, on Lubbock High preseason about getting that first Thursday night game, his second season, how are the guys going to look different. And it was against Seminole, a better squad than Big Spring. You know, Seminole was good last year. But they got absolutely demolished. It was like 55 to 7, something like that. Mm-hmm. So this year I'm thinking, okay, Big Springs 3-0. They're not a great 3-0, but they're 3-0. They played three games. Right. They're into their season. Lubbock High is not. And it was very similar stuff. Coach Stevens saying, okay, yeah, we've been trying to turn the culture around. It's about, you know, it's about that. We these guys need to see a win. It's like, okay, well, let's see if it happens. And it did. They went out mm-hmm. and they dominated in about every way you possibly could. The offense was clicking up and down the field. The defense was getting sacks, getting turnovers. uh, And it did finally seem like, okay, that culture has flipped. How much more talented are they? I don't think they're that much more talented. I truly think there's a different belief about this team. I think they played better. They played more soundly. And Brandon Smith looked like a senior quarterback compared to a junior quarterback. Right. And it was nice to see who knows how the rest of the season is going to look. They still have, you know, a brutal district coming up halfway to the to the end of the season. But for right now and for these first three games, they won a game that, in my opinion, they might win last season or the season four. They do not win it that way. They do not look like that team last season. So I, I saw a step, regardless of the outcome, the way they played, it looks like they took a step. You hear coaches talk about a culture change, and that's been kind of a buzzword or a coaching cliche is we want the culture to look this way, we want our culture to look that way. But I think when you actually see it, you can kind of understand. And I think now you're kind of understanding what Coach Steven meant when he talked about that culture change, because you're right. Um, even if you talk to him or the players, this team is very unselfish. They really enjoy being around each other. And I think there's a lot to, to be said about camaraderie. Because you yeah. can have, you know, superstars at every position, but if they don't like each other, if they don't gel – I mean, you could be five and five and miss the playoffs. 
So I think that will definitely be big, but you're right. I think they need, they need to get these wins in non-district because if they don't, I don't see this ending very well, just based on, we talked about Coronado, we talked about Monterey, uh, Tascosa dropped down, Amarillo High is still there. So this is not going to be an easy district, but if you can build some momentum in non-district, you can at least be competitive in those games, whereas last year it was not that way. Um, but year three, like you said, obviously is key for coaching because you have Hale Center, who's going into their district schedule, four and one, very well could compete for a district spot. Um, you have Stacy Ward there at Lockney, Lockney four and oh. They rolled Plains, which according to Nathan Gieske at the Plainview Herald is Lockney's best win in program history, like the biggest margin of victory. Um, and they are 4-0 for the first time since 2003. Um, I think those are the, the big ones. Um, but, yeah, so. I mean, a 4-0 is actually since the 90s. It was 3-0 was since 03 or 4 whatever. The, the 4-0 start, I believe, is uh, the late 90s was the last time. It was either 4-0 or 5 and I can't remember. But either way, I mean, they're. They're, they're dominating. Yeah, with a really good chance of making noise in district and, and getting to the playoffs. Um, so that's definitely exciting for them. Um, Seminole actually got their first win this past season, 51 to 40, or yeah, 51 to 40 over Milshu. Ropes is rolling 11 man, adjusting very well. They got a 22 to zero win over Tohoka, which I think is probably their most impressive win this season so far. Well, did you remember when Ropes lost first week? We sent out, uh, our photog Pedro out to, Lockney ropes saying, oh, you don't want to miss ropes, you know, first win in 11 man in 21 years or whatever. So, um, and they end up getting steamrolled by Lockney. So I'm like, oh, you know, maybe this is going to be a tough transition. It's going to take some time. How, yeah, we didn't realize how good Lockney was going to be. And now look, since then, ropes has looked legitimately good. So yep. for both of those programs, it's like ropes does look good and they lost to a good Lockney game. And then for Lockney, they're not just undefeated. Look at that win over ropes where it was – like they were no doubt the better team. So I'm very interested. Both of those teams have really been two of the better storylines of the season, Ropes and Lockney. Absolutely. Definitely something to follow. Lockney's a little further, obviously. So we can only get so much from them in terms of just communicating with coach Ward and getting stats and things like that. But Ropes is right here in our backyard. Um, and they did have a very good rushing attack from what I could tell a defense that um, will really stick it to you. Um, so it's just fun to kind of see see that. Obviously, them being back in 11-man for the first time in 12, 11, 12 years. Um, so definitely one to keep an eye on. I think they can definitely make some noise in their district, which will be really exciting when that time comes. Um, and then Sudan, obviously, having lost a lot, they got their first win in a while. Um, they ended at, I believe it was a three-game losing streak. So they got that 33-0 win over Crosbyton. Um, hopefully that gives them some some momentum um, moving forward. I want to say they maybe got Lane Wilson back. I'll have to check with Coach Cornelius over there, but Bodie Box is still consistent um, there for them at quarterback. So a lot of good football being played. Some, you know, teams struggling, obviously, but that's kind of just how this strange season is kind of going. Um, another matchup this week, we talked about Coronado at Cooper, which I will be at. And again, as I mentioned, I will be talking to Pirates coach Chip Darden in just a few moments um, in the next segment. Um, Cooper hosting Coronado. Abilene Wiley getting Monterey at home or 
Monterey is at home against Abilene Wiley. Hopefully they'll be able to to play that game. And then another one that might be kind of interesting, Motley County at Petersburg. Mm. I, I love the Motley County to get into that. That is actually on our schedule that we will be shooting that game because Motley County in the state's title last year can't make out to Motley County games too often. So when they when they come to more, you know, closer love, you got to grab them. And they had a stumble there early to Westbrook, who then beat Borden County and looks like a really good squad. But yeah. Motley County could – I mean, there's a we have a lot of teams in that 1A, D2 uh, that are really good, specifically just in our area. But in general, there's a lot of good teams. So they could make it back. They may not. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could do it. But very interested to see them – here get some of our own footage on them and yeah I think um they've started to figure some things out I mean they they didn't look as good early but it seems like they've started to roll a little bit which honestly with a program like that with a head coach like that and with a star player like Jake Richards you you knew it's only a matter of time like they're gonna put up a good record this year yeah no for sure um it'll definitely be fun I think that Westbrook again is they say in the college world quality losses I think for County and Motley County, that will be a quality loss. Yeah. yeah. But we'll go ahead and end the segment by going over some of our undefeated teams. Obviously, we'll have a lot more now with 5A going, but to kind of rattle them off, undefeated, Coronado, obviously, Lubbock High, um, Lubbock Cooper. We have, let's see, Shallow Water, which will be back in action this week when they start district. Yep, yep. Um, Idaloo, Roosevelt. Hill Center would have been undefeated except for that one loss. To, yep, they're four and one. Yeah, to Clarendon, but Post is undefeated. Um, they'll have an open week this week and get started in district next. Lockney's undefeated. And then I don't believe we have any six mans that – are undefeated because Jayton lost also. So, yeah. Just the, uh, just the private schools. I was going to say, excuse me, sorry, overspoke. Then we have Lubbock Christian. Trinity Christian got a really big win. Um, yeah. I have to listen to that game a little bit. So good for them for keeping rolling. And Kingdom Prep is currently undefeated. All Saints is undefeated as well. We got 4-0. The private schools, look at that. Christ the King did not win. It's actually 4-1. But – of the other four, uh, four no. <laughs> so, uh, and that's where I'll be shooting this week is Kingdom Prep is here at Trinity. They get to play one of their three home games. That they've been playing at Wilson, mm-hmm. but Trinity allowed them to play uh, this week's game there. So that'll be fun for them. And my goodness, uh, we actually got to got some video of them against Wichita Falls Notre Dame uh, from our affiliate up there. And they look absolutely dominant. And I am very excited to see them in person because you talk about a program – that has absolutely been built from the ground up. Since I have been here, that head coach program of Kingdom Prep went from, I mean, almost winning one to two games a year. They are a legitimate team now that is blowing teams out. I think they had one loss last year. They got upset early in the playoffs, but they are absolutely building something that they could be special. I'm very, I'm very excited to see Cap in person. That Obviously, when it comes to taps, we're focusing on Lubbock Christian, and Trinity Christian, their bigger schools. Love it, Christian was in a state championship. But I'm, I'm very excited to see what Kingdom Prep is building um, on the tap six-man level and just um, if they can continue that dominance and go deep in the playoffs this year. Yeah, definitely. And one of the biggest concerns was uh, when I spoke to Coach Klein just about how they're able to build that chemistry because that was a part of their success last year. So uh, whatever they did, 
sounds like it's working. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm just, it's very, it's very nice to see a program that is clearly same coach, same players that have been built from freshmen and sophomores. They're now seniors leading that team. Like, it's just, it's, it's really nice to see that hard work pay off, you know, when it's, you see the same kids going year after year and what they've been built into. And I feel like no one's talking about Kingdom Prep just yet, mm-hmm. but I feel like we could be talking about them similarly. It's a little different, but similarly to Lubbock Christian from last year, where I really think they could be something special here in 2020. Yeah, definitely. We'll be keeping an eye on them and all of our teams as we get rolling here. Fingers crossed that we have no more, no more cancellations. Um, Everybody stays healthy. Everybody stays safe. Mask up, hand sanitize, wash your hands 20 seconds. Um, and if we do that, hopefully we can, we can get a grip on, on this pandemic and, and be safe out here. So thank you all for listening and stay tuned. We will have Lubbock Cooper coach Chip Darden next. And we're back with the second segment of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm here with Lubbock Cooper coach Chip Darden. Coach, after what seems like an eternity, you guys are, are back to playing. How nice was it just to be on the field again? It was good. I, I uh, There were maybe more nerves than usual just because it had been so long since we've been in that competitive atmosphere. We kind of we knew with our kids, too, that you know it, it had been – such a long time since their adrenaline was really going like that. Like we, we were concerned all week just with hydration and, and, and being in shape just because you, you get that adrenaline going that high on that first game and it was hot and things like that. But just the just the extra there for for kicking off the season and every you know you knew how much excitement there was just to be watching sports and to be having having some high school sports. So um, added to it, added to the to the preparation a little bit, but it was it was good to get back out there. Yeah, I joked with Ryan earlier about the weather. Texas doesn't know it's the fall yet. We're still getting those eighty to ninety degree days. Yeah, we uh, we thought when our when UIL did what they did and we were bumped back, we we're like, well, that'll be good. You know, first few weeks will be <laughs> we'll, we'll be cool. We won't have the hundred degrees, and then sure enough, first game there it is. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the the biggest thing I mean coming in is obviously we knew how much you're going to have defensively and. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about, you know, Kobe, obviously, and Kyler and, and, you know, Rylan and a lot of those guys, but Ryan, five to have two safeties. I mean, what was just going right for him? Yeah, he, he uh, Ryan's been a good player. He's played played on varsity for three years and just uh, just pr- pretty talented. We He put on a little bit of weight over the off season and um, yeah, I, th- I think that's helped him being able to play that interior line position that he does. and. Um, but he, he just had a good game. He missed one right before he, he got that first one. And um, he he's just that, – that's the stuff that he can do. He's pretty um, explosive in, in that and kind of his pass rush is what he's really good at. So I'm just glad for a kid like him that has done a, a lot of good for this program that maybe hadn't got a whole lot of attention. I'm, I'm glad for him to be able to have a game like that and have the spotlight on him a little bit. When you look at it, I mean – Obviously, him being a lineman, you have the linebackers' safety. It just seems like they're you got a really strong defense. How much more do you feel like they can even take those steps this season? I think quite a bit. You know that we played um, we played some young guys that hadn't played a lot, and some of them maybe older, like seniors, but that 
hadn't played a whole lot or any varsity football. And we, we got to play them on Friday and I think got some quality reps out of them. Uh, Ethan Mendez had a really big game too, playing a, a corner spot. There was, we really have had a, a battle for that spot all fall camp with Ethan and Carson Dodson. And um, there, there's a few others in there too, Rice and Jennings, but they, uh, we feel confident in all of them, but Ethan kind of got that job, and then it was just nice to see him have a great game Friday also with it. And, um, you know, he, he was he shared defensive MVP for us with Ryan. and um, So a kid like him, he was on varsity last year, got a few reps, but, you know, that was his real – that was his first varsity just game where he played almost the whole game. And so um, I think there's room for improvement. I think we – we played a few different linebackers and rotated guys on the D-line, so I think a lot of those guys will get better. You know, we we typically say the, the best teams will get a whole lot better from week one to week two. We get stuff on film, able to fix some stuff, so hopefully we see that this week. And even with the defense, you know, a shutout plus four points, and we're really staying plus 11 points because they gave us a five-yard field once. But it's hard to improve much from that, but I think we can see some improvement technique-wise and, and tackling and things like that. And with those new guys coming in, or less experienced guys, I guess I should say, you know, what is it about this defense that just makes it such a problem for, for opposing offenses? Well, we, uh, you know, one one thing, our, our staff, our defensive staff uh, just does a really good job, and they, um, I think how they work together is pretty interesting. Just the dynamic of how they do it is, it's pretty interesting, but they're they're just pretty intelligent football coaches. We've got we've got some good football coaches that know how to teach it. Um, and then our I think our kids. One thing that we look and we got some talented kids on defense. There's no doubt, guys that can um, that can run and have played a lot. Rylan Wilcox Cox is a four year starter. You know, I mean, that, that's a lot of football he's played. And so we've got that talent but I think our kids are smart you know we've got a lot of kids that are smart and, and I'm not necessarily just saying academic smart but they they're football smart and so we can do a lot I think that's one thing that has really helped us is we can be very multiple and and run different fronts different coverages different looks and so I think that's those are a couple things that, that make it kind of dynamic and then lastly we just stress it from from when they're in seventh grade on that We've got to be the team that plays the hardest. And, and one of our mantras is if there's a doubt when we leave the field we're probably of who played harder, we're probably not on the right side of the scoreboard. We, we've got to leave no doubt about it. So I think those guys are just playing hard, getting to the football, and that's as fundamental as it gets. Go get to the football, but that's that's what they do, and they've done a good job of it. And switching over offensively, I mean, you knew you know losing two D1 guys and you know even Jacob and Tyler were still good you know, running backs. I guess what what are you seeing from offense right now? Obviously, you mentioned just a little bit of a struggle, but even to just get the win. Yeah, and and any time. I mean, we we told the guys in the locker room after the game, and it's pretty easy to be um, the quarterback in that situation, or an O lineman, or just somebody that maybe didn't have their best game. It's easy to be upset when you leave this field house after that game. You know. Um, I think back in the days when I was just the offensive coordinator, I probably would have had that feeling and, and left down. But there's always a positive to take when you win a game. You know, there's something that, that the offense did that helped us win the game. And mm-hmm. what I thought that they did was we didn't turn the ball over. And so when uh, when you don't turn the ball over, you give yourself a chance to win the game. And the, our offense talks about it sometimes on a third down that – we want to have it where the worst thing that could happen is we run our punt team out there and we're not 
not going to throw it to them. We're not going to fumble it. We, sometimes a punt is okay in certain situations. And so thought they did that. And um, now a lot of the other stuff was really bad. And <laughs> we that's got to improve. There's there's no doubt as coaches, that's what that's our job. And I, I take full responsibility kind of for, for our preparation there on offense. But I think we're going to see improvement. Guys that maybe are a little bit relaxed and um, have now got a game under their belt. You know, we, we played four running backs the other night, two sophomores, two juniors. And it was all there. Uh, Caleb Stripling played a little bit in the playoffs last year. A um, couple games that we were up pretty big late. He got a few reps. But all in all, it was their first varsity game. So I'm sure they were nervous as all get out and uh, probably overly excited and, and things like that. And they did fine. It wasn't like they had a terrible game. And, um, but I think we're going to see improvement with those guys. They, they're good. They, they've got big shoes to fill and they know it. And so – you know, we're we're trying to tell them not to put pressure on themselves, be their own player, and um, we'll get better on O, and, and we better because we know what we're, we're up against these next few weeks. Yeah, definitely. And with that said, I mean, you do have, you know, Cooper LeFevre back. You do have, you know, Ben Marcinkowski and Chase Rodriguez on the line. How much do you just kind of depend on those guys to even take some of the load while the younger ones are getting adjusted? Yeah, we, you, you lean on seniors. I mean, and there's – there's seniors across the board, even you know at other positions to the Case and Leach and Trevor Browning and um, Jacob Polite and Max Simnacker. You know all those guys played receiver last year and got a lot of reps. And um, I think you saw some of their experience come out the other night. They were good. I, I thought body language was good, and to me that's important that they they kind of keep the team going in the right direction. But in general, I think a lot of us, even some of those guys, just have to play a little bit better. And some of it could be. They, are, they do have a leadership role. It, it does fall on their shoulders a little bit. So sometimes that added pressure, it takes a game or two to kind of feel that pressure mm-hmm. and still play, you know, to, to your capabilities. And so stuff that we'll be stressing this week and making sure that uh, we know it's just about playing ball. And we win or lose, if we, we go out and we prepare the right way, then you got to – you got to take your loss or be happy about the win and, and move on to the next week and, and continue to improve. I think one of our coaches um, I was asking for quotes from him. Um, I was asking for quotes from him on uh, some, like for the season, I mean, what's our mantra, what, what's your quote for this year? And one of them, and I, I think it was maybe Coach Taylor, our D-line coach or our defensive ends coach, and he said, doesn't matter, get better. <laughs> and so I think that's kind of where um, – you know, I'll say it, Cooper, he wasn't happy with his game the other night. And I think that's kind of the deal going into this week. Doesn't matter. Get better. And and I, I think that's what we'll do, hopefully. And um, it, I'm excited to see him this week. And like you mentioned, obviously, the next couple of weeks will be some pretty big tests, starting with Coronado, obviously, getting a big win over Friendship, who will be your next, next opponent. Yeah. Um, what are you just kind of looking for in that game and just kind of hoping that the guys take that next step? Yeah, so these games are, are – you always have to worry the rivalry aspect of it. And, you know, we haven't played Coronado just a ton in our history, but um, city school, our kids know each other, so it, there's just that natural rivalry to it. And we've had some really good games the last few years and some really close games that makes it a little bit more fun. But um, they're really good. I mean, that that's the first thing that stands out on film. They are really talented on both sides of the ball. So um, – the you know and, and we've always said it. I mean, Coach Parr and that staff they every year in year out are just some of the best coach kids in the state of Texas. They 
they do such a good job. But, you know, it starts with Sawyer Robertson. There's, I hope we don't play anybody better than him all year. He, because he's the real deal. You know, he, he looks like a, an SEC Big 12 quarterback. You know, he looks like a power five guy. He gets rid of the ball quick. And um, they've been running that offense now. I, I might be wrong on the years, but seven or eight years with Coach Parr. And, um, they are really good at it. So starts there. But I, I think what they don't get credit for a lot of years is how good their defense is. And they've kind of switched schemes this year. But, man, they've got some talent. They've got some length and, and athleticism on their defense. And a guy like Charlie Robinson that's been a starter for four years, they're, uh, they're going to be they're gonna be tough to move the ball on. And then you turn around and their offense is super explosive. So definitely a challenge. And we know uh, – we know it's going to be a be a big game on both sides. There's a lot of hype and a lot of you know a lot of that stuff going on. So you gotta gotta figure out a way to still compete at your best, your highest level because um, I know they are going to, and and it's important to them too. So it should be a fun night. Yeah, and they added Trevor Stevens there at the receiving groups. What kind of challenge do you feel like? Him and then Eli, who's smaller, but you know, just as elusive, are going to present for that secondary. Uh, yeah, and then I mean, I already mentioned it, the system, but yeah, you put those guys that are just super athletic, and you know, Trevor's a pretty big body, and uh, it it makes it pretty tough. And I think uh, again, similar to their defense, sometimes not getting credit, and everybody always talks about how good they are on offense, but um, I think when they've got really good running backs their offense is just a, is a different and makes it that much better. And I think they've got a running back this year that's really good. been really impressed with him, how he makes guys miss and catches the ball out of the backfield. And, um, you know, a lot of their – a lot of the stuff that they do, you can – with him being such a receiving threat, it's, it's having five wide receivers out there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, the, those guys are, are good and, and they've got – I think the thing with their receivers, they've got a little bit of everything. They've got the small shifty and they've got tall, got some length, and, and they present problems. And with, I mean, just kind of basically alluded to it, but just in general, what will be the key to these games and, you know, coming out 2-0? and Yeah, I think uh, one thing that we, we have to do is, I think in games like this, momentum's key. You know, if one team gets a whole bunch of momentum and, and gets on a little run, it's hard to come back from that. And... Um, you know, at the same time, as you as you think about that momentum on your end, you just you've got to try to stay even keel as much as you can, even if you're doing well, because an explosive, you know, any lead or anything like that is not safe with an explosive team like that. Um, and then I think almost every game boils down to turnovers. You know, there's definitely exceptions, but you know, if one team turns it over four times and the other one doesn't, then you know you, you got a chance of winning. So. We're going to have to take care of the ball um, and and make sure that we're trying to get the ball also. We're trying to get some turnovers. But th- that is usually the biggest factor in any football game. I have to ask, elephant in the room, obviously, kind of the, the underlying theme of this season. How have you guys been in terms of staying safe and, you know, eliminating as many, you know, sicknesses as possible in terms of this, this COVID season? Yeah. Our kids have been really good. We, we were a little bit worried over the summer when they put in the mask mandate that we could have workouts in the summer but they had to wear a mask unless they were going through the workout and we just kind of went I I was worried about it worried about how our kids would handle it I think day one we had zero people come in without a mask we had I had two coaches at the door make with a box Mm -hmm. making sure they had them they all brought their own 
they want to play and that's the deal that's kind of what we've talked about it it doesn't matter if you politically don't agree with it or if mom and dad don't agree with it or whatever it it just it is what it is and mm-hmm. our, i think our kids know that and it's been kind of neat to see they're policing kids in the school other kids are saying hey put your mask on and it's 100 percent because they want to keep playing they want their their year to go smoother than last year and so that kind of stuff has helped that they're that they're all about it and we hadn't had to harp on them as much as i figured we would but then we're just doing little things like uh, kind of how we enter the locker room and exit and and come from our study hall time down to the you know just just little things that if you were walking by you wouldn't notice but mm-hmm. they're a little bit different trying to avoid some congestion um, you know, guys like to, after practice, a lot of times hang out in locker rooms and we're not allowing that we're, that we're in and out and we've, we've gotten them masks that they, you know, that we wash every day and that they, they, uh, have on. And I just think that kind of stuff is about all you can do and you got to hope for the best on it, you know? Um, and, I, and I, it seems like everybody's doing a pretty good job of it around the area and mm-hmm. I think that's why we're able to continue. And it's almost become a fashion trend, you know, with the, like you've got yours with the LCP on it and you'll see, you know, all kind mm-hmm. of different stuff. So I guess that's a, a lemonade situation a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, kind of like I said with the kids doing it, it's like, well, if you're, if your star players are doing it, well, mm-hmm. it, it looks a little bit cooler maybe, you know, and yeah. like, uh, you know, football team's doing it. Well, everybody in school is going to do it. And, uh, you know, so I think there's a little bit of that too, so. I think during the cold weather, these are going to be nice and <laughs> keep you a little bit warmer around your neck. Yeah, especially with the West Texas wind, right? Exactly. Well, we'll definitely be masked up and ready to go this Friday night. So thank you so much, Coach Darden. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast.